0: Now I'm Kat and you're in for a treat. Straight out of the oven, it's Cinema Buns with another hot, fresh take on film. Let's dig in hey howdy hi hi um hey it's cat today i'm talking about four shows i've recently been watching but i'm not going to give any plot ruining details so if you've not seen the show you can still do so without having had it spoiled i'll be talking to you like a friend about my reviews of atypical everything's going to be okay speechless and special okay let's dig into the bun hun uh, as you can tell, I'm doing this episode solo because it's really more of a review than a discussion plus I don't know who has watched these four exact shows recently and I kind of really need to talk about them like they've been on my mind so much and and I just wanted to talk about them together like I think they kind of group together, which goes into my question of what do I title this like I'm not sure what to call this because I really want to be clear that. I'm not trying to compare the shows for this reason. So, two of the shows are about children on the uh teens on the autistic spectrum, and then the other two shows are about a teen and an adult with cerebral palsy. And I know those are such separate issues, but the shows all can be grouped together in that they show the family dealing with having a child who has special needs and i want to be really careful today because i want to make sure i use the correct language i know how important language is especially being lgbtqia plus i hate when someone <laughs> uses like queer to describe me i personally Would not ever use that label for myself. I call myself gay. So I know that language is really important, but I try to remember if someone's intention is not to offend, not take it that way. And so if I'm able to correctly be like, oh, that's not a label I (laughs) use, thank you. Yeah, so I want to make sure that I talk about these shows and these characters without using, like, I know that some shows say differently abled, and then I know some people are really offended by that. So I want to make sure that I'm talking about these people, but I don't want to not talk about these shows because I'm too afraid. And I think that's why I'm like, I really need to make this episode because I think a lot of times when you show someone who you don't normally see on TV, people are like too afraid to even talk about the show and to learn because they don't want to offend. So I want to talk about these shows and what I've learned about people on the autism spectrum and cerebral palsy from these shows, but also that like I don't watch these shows and say, oh, that's the end all be all of everyone with that perspective it's just one character one fictional character and how they're written so I'm really careful as I watch these shows to say oh I didn't realize that was um part of what goes along with that and then I research it and I've been trying to like look up on my own cerebral palsy and people who are neuro Divergent. That's a term they use a lot on atypical, is neurotypical would be myself, people who are not on the autism spectrum. And then neurodivergent is what diverges from that. So that's a term I'm going to try to use. But I wanted to talk about these shows, again, because these are people who have perspectives different from my own, experiences different than my own, the characters on the show. Um, But I don't want to make it seem like I think that people who are on the autism spectrum are the same as people with cerebral palsy. I know it's completely different, but I hope that explains why I'm talking about it together. So that was why I was nervous to do this. So feel free to correct me, please. If you leave a review on iTunes or I think Spotify, I'm not sure, it will let you give feedback. And so I welcome you to give me feedback there if that's the only place you can contact me. But the best place to contact me is on Facebook We have a Cinema Buns page, and you don't even have to like us. It's okay. Just respond to me there and let us know if I got stuff right. So, again, I'm learning, and I just wanted to shed some light on these topics, and I'm really glad I've watched these shows, and I'm going to give some reviews. So... Okay, Atypical is the show I'm going to talk about first because it's kind of the first one that I watched. And there's three seasons so far. It started in 2017, and there's going to be a fourth season coming out next year. I'm very excited. Atypical... Is about um and again, I'm not gonna say any spoilers, I'm just gonna give you what the trailer would have given you. Try not to say anything that I wouldn't have wanted to know before I watched it. So atypical I was attracted to off the bat because I'm familiar with a lot of the actors and actresses on the show, but also a lot of their advertising has penguins on it. Um the main character, Sam, and he's not even really main character but Sam is played by Keir Gilchrist and he the actor does is not on the autism spectrum but he's playing someone who is he the character of Sam loves Antarctica and all things Arctic penguin polar etc which I have always been an enormous fan I have over 50 stuffed animal penguins I used to go with my family to um SeaWorld the zoo penguin museum exhibits i love penguins so sam and i have that in common and i really enjoyed that about him but also jennifer jason lee plays his mom his sister is played by bridget loondy Payne, who has since come out as non-binary and they have cited the show as being something that helped them open up and explore themselves and then his dad the actor's name is michael Rappaport. so I like the show. I highly recommend the show. I would say the show is if you are a fan of something like, I kept comparing it to United States of Tara, which is funny because Keir Gilchrist, who plays Sam, was actually the little boy on United States of Tara, which I didn't remember until I looked it up. and was like, oh my gosh, that's so weird. I keep thinking about United States of Tara, which I watched years and years ago. But in United States of Tara, which again is not anything like, autism um sh- the mom has disassociative identity disorder but it's interesting to watch something that you don't normally see on tv and to see a um how the family is in how the family is impacted by this person's differentness again i you know i want to make sure i'm using the right words but um i guess i'm not sure if neurodivergent is the right word how disassociative identity disorder uh, affects not just the person who deals with it, but the family. So we're not talking about United States of Terror today. We're talking about atypical. So uh, Robia Rashid is the creator. She also wrote for How I Met Your Mother. So if you get a sense of her writing style, it's a little sitcom-y. I liked this show because yes, it has sitcom elements, but it so isn't. It's so much more like a family drama that explores issues I've not seen sitcoms go into. Um, And I just don't want to give anything about the storyline away. I'd say my biggest complaint with it is just that the main actor doesn't actually, isn't actually on the autism spectrum. And so it's frustrating to me that like someone on the autism spectrum could have had that role and didn't get it. But again, I'm not familiar with what that means for production. Maybe it would be difficult if someone because sam the character has um a a hard time with like loud noises and perhaps the structure of a film shoot would be difficult but another show i'm going to talk about later does have an actress on the autism spectrum and the first season of atypical i guess was kind of criticized for that and so in further seasons they actually have a writer who's neurodivergent and um They, as far as I know, again, I have so many disclaimers, but as far as I know, the show's fairly accurate. And um, I know people in my own life who are on the autism spectrum. And what I've seen of the show, it seems like most of the information is accurate. But again, everyone is going to have different symptoms. I mean, even if you have allergies, everyone has different symptoms. Like, whatever it is that... Um, we all, you know, if you're pregnant, everyone has different symptoms. Everyone experiences life differently. And so this is just Sam's fictional experience. I really like the character of Sam. He's a really refreshing character for me because I like characters who are soft and kind. And um, Sam is so blunt. And so it's so interesting for me to be like, oh, his bluntness is not cruelty or mean he just gets the point he's not gonna lie to you and there's something very refreshing about that I love that Sam gets to open up more in his therapy appointments a lot of the show actually pretty much always the show begins with a voiceover from him talking to a therapist and so you really get to see a lot of his inner world There are situations that Sam handles better than his sister and it's that she's like more emotional and so they show ways in which autism is not always a disadvantage. Like they try to show pros and cons and ups and downs so the first season starts out with sam wanting a girlfriend and then his parents are going through trouble because his mom jennifer jason lee has an affair and that's something that happens in the first episode oh and then his sister is amazing at track and she wants to get on the track team at another private school and so she's trying to really improve her sports and um she gets a boyfriend in the first season So I like there's a LGBT plus storyline that I think is handled really well in the show. And I don't want to go into that without spoiling anything, but that was really interesting. I like the way that the affair is handled on the show because I'm so like, you cheated on your significant other. That's it. That's the end. You're banished. Go away. But that's not realistic. And also there. That's not how everyone handles it. And so I think that showing us more about how each character handles the news of the affair was really beautifully done. Again, it doesn't, what is it, condemn or condone? It doesn't endorse affairs or totally judge the characters. It just says, this is what happened here's how it affects the family. So all that to say, I thought Atypical was really compelling, really different than what I see a lot on TV. And yet it's so much like what else is on TV. Like it's so familiar, the family drama, you know, something for everyone. If you're a teen, the teen storylines. If you're an adult, here's the adult storyline. Like it really feels like so many other shows and yet I think that that works to its benefit, that it works within that structure. So it's not reinventing the wheel, it's taking something we're already very familiar with and then saying, okay, well, what if one of the characters is on the autism spectrum? Here's how that would affect the family. And um, Robia Rashid, the creator, is half Pakistani, and Sam's best friend, Zahid, is a... person of color, I'm not sure where his family is supposed to be from but I think that it helps that you have more than just the white nuclear family on the show represented so I like that there's diversity amongst the cast a little bit there could be more but it was a good show so I'm excited for the next season so get in on it now so that you can watch the next season with me when it comes out I think 2021 so the next show is something that I didn't intend to I wasn't like well I just watched a show about autism let me watch another one it just happened that this was next in my queue everything's gonna be okay I have seen posters for this, billboards, I've wanted to watch it for a while, and I was like, oh, you know, let's jump into that. So the show is about an Australian boy who comes to America to visit his father, and he has two teen half-sisters, Genevieve and Matilda, and while he's there in the pilot, the first episode, the dad tells him that he's dying, and will he take care of his teen sisters? So the show is about him and his teen sisters. One of them is on the autism spectrum, and she is played by Kayla Cromer, plays Matilda. She is actually autistic, and I really appreciated that you got to actually see her not just as an actress trying to play an autistic person. I'm not sure how that affected the writing, etc. Um, I'd say this versus atypical would be that atypical is pretty much the premise is autism how it affects the family. This is not really about it. Like, the description they have for um, the main character, the the boy from Australia, played by Josh Thomas, his character's name is Nicholas. It says he's a neurotic gay Australian entomologist in his 20s. And so like, that's a pretty big character. So there's not really a lot of room for everyone else. So I would say each character has their own thing. It's not necessarily a show about autism. But again, I did appreciate that this actress actually does have autism because I think that brings some realness and also it's nice that she's able to have a role because you know some it, it's hard in Hollywood no matter what. And so if there's a role that's like built for you, let's let you have it especially when you're as good of an actress as she is. I think she's so funny. So the biggest thing that I wrote down about this, which I like underline and bolded is so funny. Oh my gosh. So this show is most similar to Weeds. In that, yeah, it's a family drama, but not at all the nuclear family the way that Atypical is. It's got a lot of that, like, dark comedy, but it also goes into a lot of, like, gray situations. And as far as the family structure, a brother raising his two half-sisters, everyone's just trying to figure it out. And, And there's... Um, just such a wide spectrum of like what they go into. Like it's such co- like atypical dips its feet into like Sam as a person on the autism spectrum. What if he wanted a relationship? What would that look like? This is like so complicated where they go into way more like the kinds of issues. Um, again, I don't want to give anything away, but. It's just so nuanced and like Josh Thomas's character doesn't know what the rules are no one does and they just bring up situations that are so gray Nicholas, as a 20-something brother, has to be like, well, is this an okay thing as a parent? Like, for example, um, Matilda, Nicholas's autistic half-sister, wants to drink, but she's like 17 or 18. And she's like, I want to try drinking. That way, when I go away to college, I won't be made fun of and um, really bad at it. And so he's like, do I let her drink? Well, I guess if she drinks in my own home with me here, maybe that's okay. Um, and then she wants to have sex. And he's like, well, I don't have a problem with you having sex, but then I want to make sure that you're not taken advantage of. Like, if there's just really complex issues. And the biggest thing about this, the biggest takeaway for me for this show is just, like, how funny it is, but also how unique. Like, it's just... <sighs> I love the cinematography. I love the art department. The colors are so gorgeous. He's an entomologist and there's these bugs that like walk around the house and he has them in these weird glass jars and they play with them and like the look of the rhino beetle is so awesome. But the, again, the biggest takeaway for me is... Josh Thomas is my cinnamon bun of the month. Oh my gosh. So, as we decided in the first episode, a cinnamon bun is when someone is hot, sweet, and gooey. And so he's like gooey, squishy, lovable, very sweet. Like, he has, I mean, he's sarcastic, but he definitely has this like soft, lovable, pokey, teddy bear side. And he's also, like, very hot, and he's gay, and I'm gay, so I'm like, this is really going to work out well for us. Um, (laughs) I found out that Josh Thomas created this show. He doesn't just star in it. He's also the creator and he created a show called, um, please like me and it's Australian and that has four seasons. And I think it started in 2013 and I'm obsessed. I'm on season three right now. I just have such a crush on the creative style he has. Like it just, his writing feels so natural and real. That show is currently like, I'm so into, I watch like three episodes a day like it's so good it's so bizarre I don't know like his writing is so strong like it's hard to give examples without giving stuff away my gosh the writing feels like improv does that make sense that's like one of my favorite things is when it doesn't feel like a line and I think it's because now I am talking about please like me the first show that he did um he does it with his real life best friend Tom whose name is actually Tom like on the show and in real life Hannah Gatsby if you know her from Nanette and Douglas she's an Australian comedian we love her she had some Netflix specials she's on the show so like the writing is so strong and the characters are so good and it's so different from like what else we get so but again that's a different show we're talking about everything's gonna be okay and we only have one season so far, so we have much more to go. I hope. I want to see so much more from Josh Thomas. I think he's so funny. And it's hard for me to give this review without doing an Australian accent the whole time because they I've just been watching these Austral this Australian show like non-stop and so I feel like everything in my mind right now has like an Australian accent. But something that I love that they sh- say on the show is, "Oh, good on you." Like good for you but they're like good on you and I don't know it's so funny to me and I'm like oh I love it I'm just so charmed and so I would say everything's gonna be okay is very interesting give it a watch the episodes are between 20 and 40 minutes there's only a few of them and I don't know like I can just look it up okay there's only 10 episodes in the first and only season that's out so far and I cannot wait for another season. I really enjoyed it, and uh, uh, it looks so beautiful. The production design is so cool. I love the family house that they live in. The other sister, Genevieve, is supposed to be 14, and she's just so brilliantly written and acted. The actress is marvelous, and like, she has this horrible little friend, Tula, who's just like such a nuisance and such a hoot. Like she kind of bullies the, her friends group into doing outrageous things. And you kind of hate her, but you also love watching her on screen. And Genevieve performs a kind of a stand up poetry routine. And it is, it's incredible. Like it, that scene deserves an Emmy. It is so good and powerful so i like to imagine has anyone ever seen um once it's a musical and there's also another musical called the commitments and you can watch the commitments and once and you can kind of feel like it's a se- like once is a sequel and it's not but it kind of picks off where the last one left off and so I'm like oh they feel like companion pieces and so I would say that like I don't know where Please Like Me is going to end because I have another season but it feels like this is the background of his life in Australia and that now he's in America and that everything's going to be okay as a sequel which it's totally not I'm just making up a narrative but that's what I like to imagine that this is like his backstory okay so moving into Speechless which had three seasons. I've only watched the first season, so this is already done. There's no more episodes coming. It was on ABC and it aired in 2016 and it ended in 2019. This has Mini Driver, uh, Cedric Yarbrough, who you may know, he does some voices on Reno 911. He does some voices on Bojack Horseman. He's that like meow meow fuzzy face cop. So he has this really deep voice. John Ross Bowie plays the dad. He's on, he plays Barry Kripke on Big Bang Theory. I haven't seen him in a lot other than that. And then Micah Fowler plays the character on this show with um, cerebral palsy and his name is JJ. This show... I'm not going to recommend. I don't know a lot about Cerebral Palsy, so maybe if you have or know someone with Cerebral Palsy, you're really excited that they made a show about it, and so I'm glad that it did that. The reason I'm not going to recommend it, it's not bad. It's just this is not an exceptional show as far as, like, it's so sitcom you guys. Like, it's like you're watching Frasier. Like, it's such an ABC show, which means nothing really happens of consequence. And so you can, like, if you've ever watched Wishbone, which is an amazing show, if something happens one week on Wishbone, it's a self-contained episode, and then the next week they're not like, remember when we all went to the mall last week? Like, there's not a ton of... Continuity in linear storytelling. It's more like an episode that you can watch when it's on in the pub and, or yeah, wherever you go. Sports bar, I don't know. When it's on at the dentist office, you're like, oh yeah, turn up the volume. I like this episode. And you can just watch it, but you don't have to know any of the characters. And so that's uh, a, just one format of telling a story. It's just not my preferred format because when something happens on atypical, like there's an overarching story they're trying to tell with the season. So if you watch just one episode out of place, it would be like very um, confusing. You might enjoy it, but you'd be like, I'm I'm a little lost. Whereas Speechless is like Modern Family. You don't have to have watched the episode before it. Sitcom means situational comedy. It means that they're doing a bit or a gag that you can walk in and start watching and enjoy. So like Arrested Development, you're not going to get the joke if you haven't seen the whole series because it builds on the joke. Running gag throughout the show. Whereas, like in Friends, Ross is moving a couch upstairs and he's like, pivot, pivot the couch. That situation is funny and that's why you're laughing. But it's not like long term rewarding. I think where this show fails for me is again, if you or someone you know has cerebral palsy and you feel very seen by this show, I'm so happy that that's what it exists for. For me, it feels like it treats cerebral palsy the way that Glee treats gay characters. So on Glee, they're like, oh, let's have LGBT plus representation. And then they make the most stereotypically gay character ever. And so I feel like on Speechless, so much of it feels like what I would imagine stereotypes about a family with a kid in a wheelchair would be. And I think what frustrates me so much is like, they tried to break out of the mold. They were like, oh, let's have a mom who, instead of being really caring and mild and sweet and feminine, is mini Driver and is like, oy, move out of my way! And is, like, rough and aggressive and she's, like, the female lioness. And then let's have a dad who's mild and meek. Like, let's really switch it up and spin everything on its head. And then the brother character, oh, he's a boy. Oh, so let's make him, like, not, like, a normal teenage boy and have him be... Like the sensitive one and the one who like wants order and he likes the finer things in life. Like he literally goes and gets pedicures. And then the sister, instead of being feminine, she's going to be the aggressive one and she likes sports. And that I think is what weakens it for me. The character of JJ, I like. I have no problem with I, I I think that we get a good I, I mean there's just like really not enough from him so there's stuff that I appreciate about this show like I didn't realize if you have cerebral palsy you can you can't and there's again everyone's on a spectrum so in this particular version this person with cerebral palsy Um, is nonverbal. And so when he wants to talk, he has a laser that he points at a board and the board has A, B, C, D, and a few words. And then Cedric Yarbrough comes in as his voice and speaks for JJ. And so that, I was like, wow, I I didn't realize that that was... something that happens and so like if I meet someone who is in a wheelchair and has a board now I know to look at that board so I can communicate with them or they can communicate with me um but he's like totally neurologically non-divergent so he's totally mentally uh, in a in the same place as any of his family but he um just physically is impaired. And so the representation of JJ, I'm fine with. But the rest of the family, that's what bothers me. And I think the fact that there's no consequence. So like a character says, like, let me give you an example. The sister is running and someone says, do you think that you are a runner because your brother's in a wheelchair and can't run? And you're afraid of that. And she's like, oh my gosh, my whole life is a lie. And then she falls on the ground. And then it's like, laugh track, cut to credits. And you're like, wait, what? That's a huge thing to drop on someone. Oh, wait, that was just a joke. So it's like they say these enormous things just as a joke. And so like that bothers me. But yeah, again, I don't want to like blast this show because I'm happy to have a character who has cerebral palsy, be on ABC. Like, have a variety of people. But it's just, like, the family around him bothers me so much. And they're, like, so... The family's the DeMeos, and they pride themselves on being, like, the cheapest people possible. And they, like, are always causing fights everywhere they go. And it's just, like, I don't like the word cringy, but it's, like, cringy to watch, like, how difficult these people are. And I think they want you to see that they're just like you. And they try to have episodes that I hope opens discussion but they're just so in your face. And so it's a lot of like, what not to say? Like they have an episode where every time someone sees JJ in the grocery store in his wheelchair, they're like, do you have a license for that thing? (laughs) Ha ha ha. And so it's like, okay so don't say that to someone or like someone's annoyed that he's in the way and they physically move his wheelchair and so it's like okay don't take away someone's autonomy. They also address inspiration porn which is people being like oh my gosh you're disabled therefore you're so inspiring and JJ's like I'm just a person who happens to be in a wheelchair don't pat yourself on the back for being kind to me. And I'm glad that they address stuff like that but I don't feel like this show's very fresh other than they're like oh there's a character in a wheelchair and so there's just like not enough freshness and originality and i guess i wish the character of jj and that actor existed in the world of atypical where there's more room to breathe and it's not just jokes 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 okay so the last show i'm going to talk about is special and i am so excited about this show we only have one season came out on netflix it's created by ryan o'connell who is also the main actor he is an adult man living with cerebral palsy but it's very mild like you might not even know he has it it just kind of seems like he has a limp and so the show is about it's based on um he wrote a memoir called i'm special and other lies we tell ourselves from 2015 and when the library opens back up i'm so excited to go get it so it's the real it's kind of a real life story about how he gets hit by a car, and he's okay, but he, t- he goes to his new internship, and he tells them, oh, I was hit by a car, and they're like, oh my gosh, that's why you limp. So they don't realize he has cerebral palsy. They think that his limp is from a car accident, and then they're all like, oh, you're just like us, but you had this accident, and so they treat him differently than, oh, you were born with cerebral palsy, and you have always been like this. So he... Takes away the label of being different. Um, oh, and he's also gay, so he's. I'm not again. Like I, I want to use the right language. Um, he calls himself disabled, so he says I'm disabled and gay, and so that's like not a character that you see a lot of inter- on television. Like intersectionality of both LGBT plus and the disabled community. So sometimes people get backlash from both sides. When you're in minority group, you would think, oh, everyone would be really welcoming to you. But sometimes other gay people don't want to date him because he's disabled. And sometimes other people's cerebral palsy are not gay. <laughs> so, you know, his, his options are a little limited. This show was so strong and it frustrates me so much that it's so short. The episodes are like, 20 minutes which is not enough time to t- like it feels like you're watching a web series it's such a crime so he wants the show to be longer, but they only gave him this short amount of time to tell the story. I love the authenticity that's actually written by, created by someone who has cerebral palsy about his own experience. He's acting in it. Ugh, it's so funny. I'm trying to think of what to compare it to. I think kind of in tone, it's a little bit like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, maybe. Oh, I was really excited because there's a, one episode with Brian Jordan Alvarez who was in the show the brief wondrous gay, no, the the gay wondrous life of Caleb Gallo, which is a web series. And so I was like, ah, I love him. So um, he comes on as a sex worker and the character Ryan played by Ryan O'Connell has never had sex before. And so he hires a sex worker, Brian Jordan Alvarez on the show. And so I think that episode is so beautifully well done where it talks about sex work. It talks about having sex with someone who has um different physical needs and abilities and i love his best friend on the show he makes his friend her name's punam patel the actress she talks about being plus sized and being a female of color and like i just such original fresh characters on this show and yet i think one of my favorite things about it is that like he's not a hero like he's barely even that likable of a character he has a lot of like neurotic insecurities and sometimes he's just a jerk like sometimes he's um again I just I don't want to give I'm trying not to give like many plot points away but he has a date with someone who's hard of hearing slash deaf and he's very hard on that person. He was like, I don't wanna date someone who's deaf. And it's amazing that, like, he himself is a minority, but he doesn't wanna be with another minority. Like, it tackles issues like that, and yet it's very lighthearted, it's very funny. And I want from this show for longer episodes because I really think it deserves it ryan talks about having grown up watching a ton of film and being really obsessed with the screenwriting like the a plot the b plot and he says that he wants to have you know a b c plots but there's not time there's only time to tell one story and i think he does it so well like the script is so tight and so succinct and he gets his point across and yet he gives a little bit of time to breathe episode five is my favorite episode and it's about his mom and he doesn't live with his mom anymore the the first season has him kind of moving out of his mom's place and so it's about her life checking in on him wanting to date the man next door checking in on her elderly mother and just like the fact that she doesn't really have a lot of like her own life going on and then her realizing that and kind of snapping taking back some power and so like that episode about the mom is so well done and it could be a short film unto itself and it says so much without words it's very like the actress carries it off it's beautifully written but they also trust that actress to convey the message just with her face of like Utter frustration and exhaustion, and she does it. So, all that to say, special. I want more from. Yes. Okay, so those are what I watched. I'm sure I forgot to say something. I just was really blown away with these shows. I wanted to talk about them together because I do see how they're all trying to make the same point, which is like, we're all connected. And so when someone has something going, when someone has something going on in their life, it's going to affect the whole family. And so when there's one care, when there's one family member in a wheelchair or a neurodivergent, it is going to affect the whole family. And I like the way these shows did it. Except I uh, what I already said about Speechless. It's just very sitcommy. Um Okay, cool. So that's all I wanted to say today. Thank you for listening. Um, hope everyone is staying safe and cool that's all meow 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 uh hey let me guys let me know what you guys thought about uh the episode of just me do you want me to always have a guest on do you want me to sometimes do episodes by myself or never again um cool thanks guys okay bye